0: football baseball basketball and more you're listening to fan tracks radio the home of fantasy sports talk Rotoware.com. Rotoware. Big shout
1: out to the Rotoware uh, company. It's so comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t-shirts. Shout out to Rotoware.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that? Rotoware. That is courtesy of Rotoware. It's just it's just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah, I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful. Everybody who
0: I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah,
1: kid. I've seen you've been getting
0: a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. Are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere. Digging this guy's shirt.
1: I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. Roto Wear on Twitter. Check out Roto Oh my God, is this, is this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. Hello, out there, and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast, presented by Fan Tracks Podcast Network. I am Pat Donovan, joined as always by Nick Ligatino.
0: Wow, this week's intro
1: sucks. Yeah, I don't have anything funny to say. Sorry, guys. And (laughs) Joe Saunders.
2: Oh, no. What's going on?
1: Not much. We have some news and notes for you tonight, and then we are going to move on to our relief pitcher preview. So without further ado, Drew Drew Pomerantz left uh, a game with a forearm strain. He was diagnosed with a flexor strain but has resumed throwing already, which seems remarkably inconsistent. Are you dropping him down your rankings at all? Uh,
0: Of course I am. It's the forearm. It's the worst news possible. Well, not the worst news possible, but once you hear forearm and flexor, you get worried. So he moves down a little bit.
1: How much? In Uh, terms of starting pitchers. uh, He was approximately 40 for you. So where are you putting him? 45, 47.
2: Joe? Uh so he was in the mid 30s for me and I am probably putting him in the mid 40s now.
1: I had him right around 42 and I am moving him down to about 60. Oh wow. Yeah, he in in the mock that I'm doing he fell a long way. So people are scared uh, another guy people are concerned about, Michael Fulmer, scratched due to elbow soreness. Um, no update regarding any kind of specific injury. Are you dropping him down at all?
0: Yeah, same same deal with him. I'm dropping him probably five spots. He was already really, really far down my rankings. So it's kind of him for, hard for him to fall past those back guys. But So I'm only, only moving him about five spots.
2: Yeah, I had Fulmer... Uh, or right around 50 and he's going like 20 spots down easy. Oh, I got him at 50. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. I had him right around where I had Pomerantz and I would put him right around the same spot. I think that this is discouraging and they're in that area where there's a lot of guys that are the same. So why take guys that are hurt when you can take guys that are healthy, that offer very, very similar upside and skill sets. Okay. Matt Carpenter is in doubt for opening day. What about him? Are you moving him down at all?
0: He's been down on my list. You know that.
2: <laughs> he stinks.
1: You hate Matt Carpenter. I hate him.
2: Uh, not so much because he's pretty cheap as it is. So, no, not really yet.
1: Yeah, I'm not panicking yet. Um, I think the Cardinals are just taking it slow. He had this sort of slow start to spring training last year. Um, You know, who cares if he misses the first three or four games? Uh, Daniel Murphy, same deal is in doubt for opening day. What about him? Are you guys moving him down?
0: Hey Pat, who's the only guy I hate more than Matt Carpenter. <laughs> Daniel Murphy. Yeah. So I'm not even going to comment. Yeah. He's down on my list. Yeah. He'll Nick doesn't
2: like good players. <laughs> yeah, I'm not moving Daniel Murphy.
1: Yeah. I'm not moving him either. Okay. And then lastly, uh, Jose De Leon, unfortunately tours UCL. It looks like Tommy John is coming. I don't think that changes anything as far as Tampa goes, but just I I would just make a note of that on draft day. Okay, let's move it to the relief pitchers. First up, we have Kenley Jansen, ADP 41.17. The unanimous number one overall relief pitcher. I don't think any of us will debate that. But in a nutshell, is it worth taking a relief pitcher this early?
0: There's no chance in hell I would ever take a pit a, a relief pitcher with the 30, 41st overall pick. That's like early fourth round. I think we're all unanimous
1: on that, correct? Yes. Um Pat? yeah, I'm against it, but I would say I understand it more in roto than in head-to-head. Like I wouldn't do it in either format, but I think it's more forgivable in a roto league.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what? It's not taking anything away from Jansen because he is unbelievable. I think, uh, you know, after I dove in, I'm sure you guys probably saw the same, but after I dove into the relief pitcher stats and did my notes for the week, I looked at Kenley Jansen, and he has been, like, it, absolutely insane. Like, I don't ever remember seeing any relief pitcher stats like this in my lifetime, literally. I mean, year to year, sub-1 ERA, sub-Whip, sub-everything, doesn't walk anyone, strikes out – the ratios are bananas. Um, So yeah, he's definitely the clear cut number one. And I don't think it's even close. I think he's in a tier by himself. And then we get to Kimbrell and everyone else. Uh, But it's just too early to take a relief pitcher overall.
2: Yes. So um, I largely agree with you, Nick, right? The important thing here though, I'd like to add is that I think if you do feel like you want a relief pitcher and you want to bank it in early, then I do think it's worth paying up for Jansen, right? Because I think the teardrop is significant between Jansen and Kimbrell and Chapman, and etc. Right? So if you're if you're looking to pay, it's got to be Jansen, right? Don't pay up for the other guys because then you, you we immediately start hitting question marks. Oh at yeah, two. definitely. That's a good point. I, I think
1: it's a real really a move that requires a good deal of planning. I mean, again, we're not going to recommend that you do it, but. You have your heart set on taking Jansen in the fourth round. Um, you really need to think about what you want to do from there. And, and I think what what I would personally do if I took this strategy is if if I'm buying the elite closer and I'm buying the idea that I need to pay up for saves, I think you need to go all in on that idea. Like, I, I, I don't think you just take Jansen and then wait forever to take your second closer. I think you pay up at each price point to make sure that you get and have the best relief staff overall. I, I, I think it's folly to take Jansen and then wait and then end up with Fernando, Fernando Rodney as your second closer. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, doing Jansen and then, uh, Felipe Rivero or Brad hand, and then, you know, maybe a Blake Trinan in a little later or uh, a Mark Melanson, you know, you, you, I think as each tier goes, you want to try and hit the high price point in each tier to make sure that you've got the highest quality. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because to I, me, I think I think if you just take Jansen and then you wait forever, you're sort of giving away the advantage that he gives you.
0: Yeah. I think, I think there's some gold to be had
2: later. There are a lot of guys I like later, so I kind of disagree. So... Um, Right, like I, I, I think you're both right, right. And we're getting we're talking a lot about strategy up at Jansen, but I think this is valuable and we'll try not to repeat ourselves. But um I, I think that there's there are definite tiers, but there's like diamonds in the rough in each tier. So if you're targeting those guys that stand out, and I think we'll cover a lot of those guys here, the ones that we think stand out, because there's a lot of minutiae in between a lot of these tiers that they are just guys, but then there's some that, like Brad Hand, for example, is one of them that kind of yeah. stands out. So, I think if you're going after those guys, then yeah, that's definitely a good strategy. If you're just kind of following the tiers, then maybe not. If if you're in a
0: head-to-head league, what, all right. So if we're in a home league. Us three, us three together. So if we're at the draft and someone takes Jansen with the first pick of the fourth round, what's your reactions?
1: Yes, I'm laughing because. I'm-
0: I'm laughing. I'm like, I'm, hooray! I'm
1: hearing it because yeah. I, I think it's a really bad strategy in a in what is a head-to-head categories league.
2: Okay, so I guess this begs a good question, right? Where would you guys feel comfortable taking Jensen? I
0: I would I would consider him in the late six, early seven, maybe even mid six. Maybe maybe you know this. Maybe in the sixth round in general. It really depends, but I think that's where he becomes starts to become attractive. It's You're hoping for 70 innings. It's tough to take a guy that high is, you're hoping for 70 innings for.
1: In Roto, I would say round six. In head-to-head cats, I would say the end of round seven. Um, just because I don't see a rel- point to taking a reliever before then because of the other talent that's on the board. What about you, Joe?
2: Uh, I think in roto, um, probably round seven head to head, probably more like nine. So I'm I'm down compared to you both, but I get it, and I get paying for him. Yep.
1: Okay, let's move to Craig Kimbrell, fifty-one point nine two ADP. Uh, after struggling with an insanely out of character five point zero nine walks per nine in two thousand and sixteen, Kimbrel bounced back with his best year as a pro thus far. Does he maintain the gains made in two thousand and seventeen, or are you worried about a little regression?
0: Yeah, I, I think he's going to be somewhere in between two thousand seventeen and like two thousand and fifteen and two thousand and fourteen. Yeah. like the I think the walk rate's going to be like two point seven five ish area, maybe like around three, maybe just over three. But it's still really good when you compare it to a you know a fourteen or fifteen K per nine. I like him and I think he's gonna be great. But once again, this is uh this is there's a clear there's a clear tear drop between uh Jansen and Kimbrell, and they're only ten picks apart. So there's really Kimbrel's in a spot where I don't think there's any way to warrant this pick. Like you could kind of have something to say about Jansen, like, all right, maybe, maybe. Kimbrel, it
2: becomes tough. You know what? You know what I just thought of. Sorry, this isn't about Kimberl This is a strategy thing again. But you know what's really important? You have to know your room, right? Because if you know that if you take Jansen and someone right behind you is going to take the next reliever, then the pick's worth it. If you take Jansen and then no one takes a closer for another it's four rounds, one. yeah, right, then you you just wasted a pick. Yeah, yes, right? so know your room. That's is a fantastic one.
1: Yeah. So and and that's extremely important overall. Knowing your room, I mean, it's particularly important with relievers, especially if you want to, or, or you, or you are thinking about spending up for one. But it's important to know overall uh, is to know your room and their tendencies to the ex- extent you can. Um, you know, it's 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 invaluable because then in your prep you can almost predict what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So as as far as Kimbrell goes, um, I I think. Uh, the question was spot on. I think there's a little bit of regression here. Um, And Nick, I think your analysis is right too. Between 15 and and 17 is probably what we'd expect, but it's clearly a teardrop.
1: Yeah, I was nervous last year um, pre-draft that Kimbrel was sort of approaching the decline phase. And I was obviously very wrong. Um, He was one of the better values at closer. He had a ridiculous year. I don't think you can expect anyone to replicate the 16-plus Caper 9 or a swinging strike percentage near 20% over a 70-inning sample. Um, I, I agree with you guys, though. I, I think that this is going to be a case where he's going to tr- kind of settle between last year's career year and what he was in 2015 with 2016 as the outlier. Um, you know, I think the walks come back up, but not, nowhere near five. Um, okay. So, oh, and, and just one more point. Uh, Kimbrel's a bit unique even from Chapman because Chapman's in that bullpen where there are a lot of quality bullpen arms. Here, Kimbrel kind of has a safe floor in terms of his saves uh, because there's not really anybody else in Boston to take the role from him, whereas the Yankees have five potential closers. True. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah, that's a great point.
1: Okay, well, let's move to Chapman then. Uh, ADP 70.39. Chapman's bread and butter has always been the Ks, but since 2014, they've been on a consistent decline. Is Chapman the number three closer on your board, and does the K decline uh, concern you?
0: Yeah, so uh, the the K decline is actually, although it started at 17, 6, 7, the only place to go is down, uh, <laughs> 17, 6, 7 Ks per 9, down to 15, down to 13, down to 12. Um, I do think that he's going to hover around that 12 and a half, maybe even eclipse 13 area. What I do worry about a little bit is the control last year. He was kind of all over the place. As a Yankee fan, I watched him a lot, and he would kind of lose it start to start. He'd either be completely lights out or he'd kind of be all over the place um last year he battled some shoulder injuries and this is a guy who at age 30 I don't I don't know if someone who's been throwing 100 plus miles per hour his whole year, his whole life can be as uh you know can be as sustainable as uh, you know a guy like Mariano Rivera or other, other guys that we're going to get to in a second but so I do worry a bit with injury as far as Chapman goes and the other thing is so like I said, he did struggle at times last year. And when he hit the DL, we put, I believe we started with Patances and then Patances struggled. Then we threw Chad Green in the, in the, the close, the save situation for a little bit. If let's just say Chapman hits the DL this year again, the Yankees have the best ballpen in baseball. And if Robertson or Canley or any of these guys go in, they kind of could take the job. So there are little tiny red flags for Chapman. They're not huge red flags. It's just things to think about. Um, but is he the number three relief pitcher on my board? No, I have Ozuna as the number three relief pitcher on my board, uh, but I do like him, And this is where it's okay for me to start taking relievers is around pick seventy. day. Uh,
2: yeah. So I'm definitely worried about the injury. Um, he's not my third. I have Nebel over Chapman. Um, I don't really have much to add. Just I'm definitely worried by the injury and I, we're already talking about huge question marks at three.
1: He is the number three closer on my board, um, but I definitely have Chapman closer to the fourth, fifth guys than second. Um, you know, as we saw at Kimbrel last year, the K rate can come back um, with closers and relievers. We're talking small samples. It wouldn't stun me if it comes back to around 14 K per nine. Um, hitters made more contact out of the zone. I expect to see some regression there. Um, That alone is enough to make him valuable. Um, The ground ball percentage went up. The zone contact is up. I'm thinking that actually the K drop might be an approach thing um, where the Yankees are asking Chapman to be in the zone more in an effort to save some of his bullets. He's been over 50% zone percentage the last two seasons. And he never touched forty six percent in Cincinnati.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, it sounds funny, but the Yankees might be telling Chapman to be more efficient and sort of pitch to contact, or or dare them to hit it in the zone to keep him upright for the playoffs. Do you guys think that there's any um, merit to that?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I I didn't really look that deep, but yeah, I think that's that's a valid, that's a valid analysis. I think so. What do you think, Nick?
0: Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, like I, if even if he is trying to pitch in the zone, he, like I said, he goes through from outing to outing. He walks the world every now and then, and he loses his zone. So I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, is his walk rate any higher than where it's been in the past?
0: It's up and down. It's been up and down his whole career. He's had years when it's eclipsed three. I think he's. Had, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe there was years where it eclipsed four. And last year and the year before, I think it was. I think last year was maybe three and a half
2: around. His career, there is, his career is four, pretty much. And last yeah. year was three and a half. The year before, it was two eight. But then uh, the three years before that, it was all above four.
1: Yeah, so I mean, in his time with the Yankees, he's been in the zone more. Yeah. At least according to the walk rate. So, I mean, maybe there is some merit to that. Okay, let's move to Corey Kniebel or Corey Kniebel. I don't think we really know how to say it.
2: Uh, (laughs) We don't know how to pronounce anyone's name.
1: 76.21 ADP. I I like to say Kniebel, so I'm going to say that. Uh, Kniebel made some real gains last year and still had trouble, but still had trouble finding the zone. Can an elite closer maintain a 4.74 walk per nine and still be successful? And who are you taking in a vacuum, Kniebel or Ozuna, who is going 12 picks an entire round later?
0: Yeah, no, you, you can't keep uh, 4.74 uh, based on ball per nine as a, as a closer. You just can't. Well, not uh, in we, Miller Park anyway. Exactly. And we've seen closers come and go, guys who looked like they were going to be great and then walk the world and lose the job or whatever, whatever. Uh, Neville definitely has his strikeout strike stuff, and I like him, but it's not even close. I have a zoom over him like by far. I do like Neville. I do like the stuff, but there's no um signs of that walk rate coming down and it's just dangerous. When you walk that many guys, your closer job is in jeopardy because then you put guys on, give up a home run here and there, that ARA is going to shoot up if you only throw in 70 innings per year. So I'm kind of out. The only good thing I have to say about him is the leash is pretty long. I mean, I don't think Hader is the kind of guy that they would put in a closer position. He's more of a a long relief guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Besides him, there's really not many other guys out there.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. And he's uh, he's definitely by far and away the best reliever, aside from maybe Hater. Boone Logan's really good too, underrated. <laughs> yeah, now no, he
1: didn't no. Know. he's a loogie. What does that mean? He only faces lefties. He only faces lefties. So what? So he's so not gonna close. close. Not gonna close. He's <laughs> the man. I like
2: Boone. Listen. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I mean I, I like Nebel. I mean it's it's tough at four point seven four, but at the same time, right, the, the samples tend to be really small because you're only pitching in an inning. So four point seven four can only be amount to a walk and a half per outing or something like that. So um he can definitely still be elite. He's got the uh he's got the elite curveball. Um, so he's got Joe, the makings. What's so
0: tell me one closer who was ever elite that carried a walk rate that bad? I don't know off the top of my
1: head. There's there there are none. He can't, You can't be an elite closer with that walk rate. Yeah, but you just said that Chapman was over four in Cincinnati. He was. Yeah, I have to. He actually, was over four?
2: in fact, their career their career walks per nine are almost identical. Chapman's huh. four point oh six. Nebel's four point oh eight.
1: Nick, I want you to hit yourself really hard. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for the assist. <laughs> uh, I love, I love making Nick feel bad about himself. It's the <laughs> best. All right, so listen. When it comes to Knievel, though, I'm, I'm, I have very similar analysis to these two. I mean, the walks are concerning, uh, and it's particularly concerning because of the ballpark, and he's a fly ball pitcher. Um, in fact, he gives up more flies than grounders. Uh, 0.86 ground ball to fly ball ratio. The homer monster could very easily rear its head here. Um, and, and as a result, I like Ozuna better. So let's move to Ozuna. Um, Roberto Ozuna, ADP 88.4. Ozuna improved in almost every category besides ERA last year. Ground ball rate, the K rate, the walk rate was were all better. We can see the upside. And now in round eight, nine, are we starting to feel like taking a closer isn't so dirty? Absolutely not.
0: So I'm crazy about Osuna, um, and I have him above Nebel and Chapman. Uh, when you and really, it's just the command. The guy's had such good command. He does not walk anyone. Uh, and like you said, he's made he made really really nice gains last year. That ground ball rate shot up. It didn't just go up a couple of percentages, a couple of ticks. It went from 33 to 48. That is a very 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 large number. Um, the K rate went up a lot. I mean, he just made a lot of changes. He's got really, really nice swing and miss stuff. I don't think there's going to be any change I don't think there's any way he comes back under a 10 K per nine. Um, And he's going to be money in the bank. He's going to get a ton of opportunities. Toronto's pretty decent team. I I, I, I love the kid.
2: Yeah. I mean, he got unlucky too, right? I mean, he only stranded runners. What was it? I got it right here. 59.5% of the time, which is like, Laughably low. Yeah. I think the, the only knock on him might be that sometimes when he's in the zone, he's hittable. Um, right, the BAPIP's gone up year over year since 2015. Um, but aside from that, I think uh, he's got some positive regression coming his way, and he should be an ace reliever.
1: Joe, is this where you start to peek at the closers, You know, all things being equal?
2: Yeah, certainly, certainly.
1: I just wanted to make sure that you were on board with that because that's that's where I am too. I mean, this is where this is around the range in terms of ADP where um, I'm starting to get interested in head to head and roto. Um, but Ozuna, without a doubt, had a year. I mean, the grounders were up, the case were up, walks were down. Um, you wouldn't complain about the 3.3 ADRA, but his peripherals are much better. Um, and, you know, as Nick pointed out, underrated staff in Toronto, I think they'll be respectable enough to. Get Ozuna a, a gaudy save total. Um, you know, if you look at Alex Colome last year, um, you know, in Tampa, I think Toronto is a similarly talented team. Um, and, you know, I think the volume will be there. So I think Ozuna is in store for big things this year. So wait, do, who
0: do you guys have, like better? Uh, Neville or Osuna? Both of you?
1: I have Ozuna over Neville.
2: I have Neville over Osuna, but it's like pretty much neck and neck.
0: So why, why do you think that they're 12 picks apart? Like, what is the reasoning behind it?
2: The uh, team two, maybe. I think uh, there's a lot of hype surrounding the Brewers, maybe. Okay.
0: It's just the 12 picks is kind of glaring to me. When you look at where all the other guys are separated, I just don't know why the separation between them two. That's, that's why I was asking.
1: People that draft closers early are weird. That would be my... <laughs> explanation okay Okay. felipe rivero 96.23 adp every year there's a couple of breakout closers that come out of the woodworks rivero was one of them last year so mediocre to bad team good closer does rivero get enough opportunities to be a top six relief pitcher
0: yeah, so I mean I think Rivero is extremely attractive at this point. Um now you're like towards the ninth round and uh your roster is pretty much almost filled out. Should be close to filled out. And if you need those clothes and if you haven't drifted a close yet, this is the perfect guy. Uh Joey was I think the one that had him last year, right? You drafted Perhaps. him last
2: year, Joe? No, I picked him
0: up. Yeah. So Rivera is freaking awesome, man. The command is there. The stuff is there. The changeup is ridiculous. He had a 28% swinging strike rate. He also has another pitch. That's a 20 plus percent uh, swinging strike rate, rate. And I think he has four pitches that he uses often. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm, I lost my notes tonight. Forgive me. Uh, I believe he throws four pitches, which is also a big plus for a reliever. Um, yeah, he might not get the opportunities as much as someone else, but he's going to give you quality innings, which we spoke about before. Um, so what you're hoping for Rivero is give me 65 innings of quality baseball. He's going to provide you with really nice ratios and he'll, he'll succeed in the opportunities given. So I think he's looking at 25 plus saves, really good ratios, good ERA, good everything. Uh, I, money in the bank, in my opinion, safer than last year's Diaz pick.
2: Which okay. They were both coming from on ADP. So for me, it's all about the velo um which came out of nowhere um and i really couldn't find out i couldn't see any glaring. it's the pirates i couldn't see any glaring mechanical changes though it's
0: the pirates it's what they do
2: yeah uh i don't know i mean i i think it'll be good if he keeps the velo but if for whatever reason he loses it then i don't think it'll be nearly as good
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair, but I think you could say that about pretty much anybody. I mean,
2: true, you know. but but three miles per hour over a year—I mean, that's a huge. Well, year. is it is it three or
1: is it two? Because of the gun change last year, so that's if, true. If it's three, it's really two.
0: And that's doesn't true. doesn't the, don't the pirates like pitching staff have a uh, a good track record of, record of adding velo
1: No, I just think they've got a track record of usually bringing the best out of their pitchers. Um, you know, that could be also overstated, but I, I don't, I don't think they've added velo before. I don't know. Joe, do you have, do you have any recollection of that?
2: No, no. I, I, and again, right. Like I just could, I, the digging I did, I didn't see any mechanical changes, which is why I'm worried, right. If there was like a noticeable uh, release position change or, or, you know, something significant, then I'd be like, oh, okay, sure, right? This makes total sense. But I, I couldn't see, I didn't see anything. And please, someone, if you're listening and you find something, tweet me and correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, I'd like to know where the Velo actually came from. Well, you,
0: we know that Charlie, Mo- Charlie Morton's velocity went up. And
1: oh, I that, believe was that, that happened in Houston.
0: Oh, it happened in Houston? I, I thought it happened in, in, in Pittsburgh.
1: No, no, he changed his mechanics in Pittsburgh. I don't think he added the velo until he went to Philadelphia, actually.
2: Uh, yeah, that's true. It was and
1: then he went to Houston. Okay. Um, okay, so with Rivero, I, I just want to point out that being on a mediocre or even a below-average team doesn't sink you in terms of value as a closer, and I hinted at this when we talked about Ozuna. Um, I don't think the Pirates are going to be terrible, um, and that's really the only way that a closer loses value in this situation it's pretty much neutral from being on a below average, but not terrible team on up. Um, In order for Rivero to take another step individually, he will need the Ks to tick up just a little higher if he can get that K rate to Ozuna's level, 11 plus K per nine, um, which I believe is possible based on his 15% swing strike rate. Um, And as Nick pointed out, I mean, he's a guy with multiple pitches and multiple productive pitches. so. Uh, I think that swing strike rate is pretty much for real uh, unless he loses velocity, as Joe mentioned, is a potential risk. But I think you're really talking about a top-six type reliever uh, overall. Um, I'm sorry, guys. Did you guys uh, state whether or not he's top six for you?
0: Uh, You know, it's the the number six spot that becomes hairy, so I have him there edging out Diaz by, like, a hair.
2: Uh, I don't. I have Diaz and Allen ahead of him. Oh wow, really?
1: Mhm. I have him as number 5. He's actually in front of Knievel for me. All right, so let's move to Edwin Diaz, 101.18. Do his early season struggles and demotion have you at all concerned or are you buying with confidence that his strong finish will carry over into next year?
0: So all right, so Diaz passes the eye test. I mean, you. Yes. Yeah, he just, he's ridiculous. I it mean, depends on when
1: you see him. It
0: dep- exactly. That's fair. I was literally just going to say that. Um, it depends on when you see him. I mean, last year was an up and down season for him. Uh, control is a huge issue. And when it comes to closers, I, I said this before, when talking about Neville. Um, you have to have good control as a closer because. It's just we, we, control gets really bad when you get into the bigger situations, and a team like Seattle, who's who's going to compete um, down the stretch, if this guy is going into games and walking a ton of guys, putting them into trouble, it's just not going to work out. I, I do believe in this stuff, I, I, without a doubt. The K rate is sustainable. The twelve point one four, that could that could go up to fourteen. There's no denying that. Um, and if it does, uh, and the walk rate comes down to three, he'll be great. But I, I don't trust him yet. I watched him last year; he looked completely rattled on the mound at times. Uh, so I'm staying away.
2: Even even though you have him
0: so close to Rivero, well, because it's it's the rest of the field. Like it goes Rivero, Diaz, and then then it's like a for me for me. There's a big giant break between them. Th- these guys and Cody Allen and Ken Giles and the guys we're gonna get to in a second. Um, you know, he just scares me off.
2: Yeah. See, so he doesn't scare me as much as Rivera does because, because I think the velo, I, I we've seen him for two years in a row. Um, I think there's also, you can make the argument too that the World Baseball Classic could have, could have messed, messed up, messed him up a little bit, right? He, uh, his velo was kind of all over the place at the beginning of the year and then it steadily increased towards the end of the year. Um, so th- that's really why I like Diaz better than Rivero. Um, I-, I think the walks will come down. I-, I don't, I don't, I, again, I think a lot of it could be placed on the World Baseball Classic, just messing up with his timing. Um, and I expect him to bounce back.
1: I'm sort of concerned here. Um, without a doubt, Diaz has outstanding stuff, but the command and the control can just go on him. He's got wipeout stuff, but <laughs> it can also wipe him out. Yeah. <laughs> You know, when we talked about Kniebel, Diaz was exactly who I was thinking about. Because he lost the zone last year, the walk rate spiked to well over four walks per nine. And you combine that with his fly ball profile and the rise to 1.3 homers per nine, and you see what the downside is. Um, Diaz nearly lost his job and almost certainly did not return value for owners that drafted him where he was being drafted last year. Mariners added Juan Acasio, who is a steady, capable bullpen arm. And they have some other pieces here. Uh, Tony Zich, Nick Vincent, James Pezos, they're all capable arms. Um, Diaz has a cushion, but if he loses it like he did last year, I could totally see Acasio or someone else taking this job.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I have him here on upside only. That if he does lo- get, find the command somehow, then he'll be awesome. Yeah, I
1: would agree with that. I mean, if he can put it together, then yeah, he's, he's got the kind of stuff that he could be, you know, top three reliever. Yep. Absolutely. But he's also the kind of guy that could post four and a half to five walks per nine and have a four plus ERA and lose the job completely. And if you're betting on that guy, As uh, your 90th overall, uh, excuse me, your 100th overall pick when there are still valuable pieces on the board at other positions that provide you a lot more than saves. I just, I just, I don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. All right, let's move to Cody Allen, uh, ADP 106.6. Despite never eclipsing 35 saves in a season, is there a reason Cody Allen should or should not be drafted here?
0: Is there anyone more consistent than Cody Allen?
1: Yeah, this guy is one of my favorite relievers to draft. Yeah, uh, he's awesome. I think he's, I think he's fantastic.
0: I mean, you look at him year to year from 2013. The numbers, he just stood the same. And if anything, he got better from 2016 to 2017, finding better control and command. Um, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm a fan of his. He's just for some reason. He remains a vanilla type draft pick, but he's super consistent. Uh, there's really no it's the Andrew
1: Miller discount. It's the and it doesn't, doesn't make him. any sense.
0: Well, it kind of does because let's just say if Allen does hit one really tough month, he's got the one of the probably the best reliever in
2: baseball breathing at his neck. I don't think they would second guess putting Miller into no, the No, I game. see. I totally disagree with that. How is that? Guess. I totally disagree because wow. because he's prone to these blowups sometimes. He is. He is right, and dude, Francona is is never gonna move them. He's he's expressed so many times that Miller is the setup guy and Allen is the closer. That's that fine. Is, so I think even if he struggles for a month, he's still I, safe.
0: And I couldn't disagree with you more because this is a team that's contending. And if let's just say let's just say it again, if Cody Allen struggles for an entire month, who else would you put into the closer position? Nick Goody? Tyler Olson? No, not- they're
2: they're gonna ride out Cody Allen.
1: Yeah, you and great, great te- No, no, no. And no. they've also, and they've also done it. I believe they did this last year. I think around August, where they actually flipped the two for like two or three weeks in an effort to just keep Miller from throwing multiple innings. That's and true. Keeping his innings down.
2: That was last year. And
1: then they went back. Yeah. And as Joe said, I mean, Allen's a guy that has had an occasional blowup and has had rough patches before and they've always gone back to him and the reason why they've always gone back to him is because over the long haul he's always been productive. Yep. So yeah. I mean that track record counts for something. Yep. Um you know and, and to me I mean I really can't find a good argument for why Edwin Diaz is going in front of Cody Allen other than people being worried about Andrew Miller. Um he's, an
0: upside, an upside.
1: Yeah, the- but I mean, I, I I'm 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 about chasing upside as much as anybody else, but at the relief pitcher position, aren't you more concerned with getting your saves and listen, getting a guy that's solid and safe? It's
2: more fantasy. so than
1: being worried about hey, listen, I want the best closer, but I want at to take him eighth. <laughs> everyone Everyone
0: wants to be the guy to say, I told you so. Everybody
1: That's- wants to be the smartest guy in the room, but yes. a lot of times those guys don't win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. So,
2: so- wait, m- my question though, right, is isn't like Felipe Rivero's potential kind of like Cody Allen, right? Like didn't, yeah. we, didn't, he, didn't we just say something along the lines of like, if he gets to 11 and a half or 12K per nine, then he's like a top closer, but isn't Cody Allen already that? Yeah. You
1: know what? They're actually
2: pretty good. But I
1: good think prompt. Rivero is a better bet for uh, innings. I'll
0: give you R- that. Really? Why Why would Rivero be the better bet for innings on a bad team?
1: Because he's thrown more innings in the past, and they were willing to use him for multiple innings. And Cleveland has shown no desire to use Cody Allen for multiple
2: innings. Yeah, Cody Allen's a one-inning guy.
1: So, like, you might get 75 innings out of Rivero, whereas you're going to get about 60, 65 out of Allen.
2: Yeah, see, so, right, like, where Diaz is the upside play, I think Allen is so safe. And yeah, that's why did. I have him. That's why I think I have him both over Rivero with the smaller track record.
1: Okay, that's fair. All right, let's move to Ken Giles, 106.7. Are his playoff woes suppressing his value too much? Or are you with the market? and pushing him down your board a little bit.
0: No, I'm with the market. Uh, he's right on my ADP. Uh, I, I love Giles. And there's another guy. He definitely passes the eye test. He is so filthy. Um. So, yeah, I'm with it. He's on a great team. He's going to find the opportunities. Um, this is a guy who could eclipse 40 saves in a full season. Um, the K per nine is nice. I think it actually will go up from 11.92 last year to – I think he'll go over twelve in twenty eighteen. Uh, I, I love him. I, I'm a big fan of Giles, but Joe is the Astros guy. So tell us what you think.
2: Yeah, so uh, it's hard to it's hard to separate my heart and my brain because, goddamn, my I I was I was nervous as shit every time he pitched uh, in November and and October. But with that said, right, I think he's better than he showed. Um, he is frustrating to own sometimes as he does go Corey Dickerson gold. Um, but with that said, I, I I think he's I think he's good for a bounce back. The only thing is is that Houston has shown previously with Gregerson yep. and the likes that Giles doesn't have a particularly long leash. Um so if he does struggle, he can lose his job real quick.
0: Yeah. They yeah, definitely have been very, very quick with making that decision.
1: Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why I would say he's either properly valued or maybe a little overvalued. This um, bullpen has a lot of quality arms, and it's a team that's in its window. And they've had the le- they've had the short leash with him before, um, so I don't think they're going to waste time trying to get Giles right. At least not in the closer role. Um, he has a history of losing it and he also has a history of losing it early in the season. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can turn around after two weeks, this guy's out of his job and he's out for, you know, a month plus. Um, and you don't want to be spending again, what is basically a top 100 pick on a closer who doesn't have that kind of job security that you would really want. Um, I mean, I would h- rather have both Iglesias and Hand over Giles.
2: Me too. And, and you know, I, I know um, I know. it's – you don't want to focus in the playoffs, right? Because they're, they're extreme circumstances. These teams are trying to win no matter what. But, man, it's hard not to remember A.J. Hinch not even looking at Giles those last few games. Yeah. Like, he was pretty much n- not even on the roster. So I, yeah, I think if they could have booted him off the roster, they probably would. Have. Yeah, exactly. So I think the leash is going to be really short.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think that's fair. All right, Rysell Iglesias, 110.2 p, tenth overall relief pitcher. He's not going to lead the league in saves, closing for the Reds, but is he worth the price of admission?
0: Uh, yeah. First of all. I don't know what you're talking about with the Reds. You're talking shit about the Reds.
2: I like the Reds this year. They got the wink, man. I made those notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. I was about to say, I was like, I thought Nick made these notes.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, I
0: love the Reds this year. And I think the opportunities will be there more so than last year. You got some guys coming up. We got some depth. The offense is looking good. Um, the The starting rotation, different story. Uh, but yeah i think Iglesias will find the opportunities and i think that he could eclipse 30 uh staves with ease and that'll come with a nice k rate nice walk rate uh I-, I like the guy a lot i like the stuff last year he was awesome uh and he's one of these safe picks i think uh especially when you're in now i think you're gonna get to some real question marks coming up uh this yep. is one of the more safer picks so i, I like him here
2: yeah yeah i'm with you, uh, you got the vivo increase double digit per nine. Um, there's no one else in that bullpen to really to fight, fight with him. So, yeah, I think he's really safe here. There's no one else in the bullpen. Yeah. Uh,
0: have you ever heard of Kevin Shackleford? <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, all right. <laughs> just, just go, Pat, just go. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, uh, listen, I, I don't, I don't know that the Reds are going to be bad enough to Limited his opportunities. Uh, I agree with Nick on that front. And even if they do, Iglesias is another one of these guys that's going to get some extra innings. Um, he was a multi-inning guy, more than most closers. So what he lacks in the saves, he might make up for in the extra innings. He's got excellent stuff. Um, and, I mean, if he does end up getting traded, he's a multi-inning Chris Davinsky type for half a season. with the half a season weren't the saves. Um, at this price, I think that's worthwhile. Okay, Wade Davis, the 11th relief pitcher, 115.3. With all the different arms in the Rockies bullpen and Davis's fly ball profile, are you scared at all of Davis in cores?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm definitely scared. I, in fact, I'm pretty much not touching Davis. I know, Pat, you're probably going to disagree with me. I know you're a huge Davis guy, but ever since the injury he's kind of been up and down um last year he just lost control he eclipsed 4 uh base on balls for 9 for the first time since like 2008 when he was like 5 years old um i just think that there's a there's a decline with this guy that we've seen over the last couple of years he's now 32 years old he's now playing in a park where home runs come every 2 seconds i'm staying away
1: I'm, yeah. I'm less nervous about the fly balls, Nick, and more concerned about the control issues that reared their head last year. The block rate has risen in consecutive years up to 4.3 per nine last year. Um, you know, we kind of hinted at this with Knievel and, and rears its head again here. If Wade puts guys on base in cores with how good of an offensive park it is, then it could get really ugly. But as you mentioned, I've been a Wade Davis fan and, I would note that you don't want to overreact. Greg Holland was awesome for most of last year in Colorado. And I think that Wade Davis is better than Greg Holland. I don't know if you guys would agree with me on that. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: So, I mean, I'm not completely out on Davis. And I think the price isn't bad. There are some other guys that I would prefer. But I could absolutely see a top 10 relief pitcher season for from Davis.
0: Yeah, but – And then although Holland isn't there, like you, you have Jake McGee who – was very very good as a closer at one point, and you have our guy Adam Ottavino, uh, who know, had I don't know. a
1: terrible yeah. season last yeah, year. Yeah, he was
0: terrible. But McGee is a guy that could step in. I don't know if if the control issue stay and he walks guys in cores, he's gonna get in a f- getting some big ass trouble.
2: Is is Shaw gonna start, or he's he's gonna he's be a reliever? Believer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's Shaw too. Yeah,
1: yeah, but those guys are all. Jake McGee is the only one that's ever really closed and he was up and down and he's been up and down too. So, I mean, and they're paying Davis a lot of money. Listen, I, 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 I will acknowledge there's risk. There's always going to be risk with guys in course, but we're one year removed from seeing Greg Holland put together like a four month stretch as the best closer in baseball up until he lost it in August in Colorado. And we've all come out now and said, Wade Davis is better than Greg Holland. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to be careful here in terms of downgrading Wade Davis maybe a little bit too much. I think he's fine where he is. I mean, do you guys agree with that or do you have him lower? No, I have him lower.
2: I have him uh, one one lower. I have Hand in front of him. I have Hand in front of him.
0: I have Kame in front of him, and I have uh, Viscaino in front of him and Naris in front of him.
1: Yeah, see, I have Hand in front of him but I've got him in front of Giles.
0: Okay.
1: All right, so let's move it to Brad Hand. 128.4. Does Brad Hand's short track record of closing give reason for worry, or is his stuff good enough to keep the role? Oh, Brad Hand. Ooh, yeah. So you guys That's... are just pretending to like Brad Hand. I what? really like Brad Hand. <laughs> 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 sixth. I am sixth. Sixth. What? I have him sixth. Sixth overall reliever? Yes. Oh I have him nine. God, you I guys like are that. pretending to like bro. Oh, yeah, man. I have him nine. I really like Go, that. Pat. <laughs> go. Take it.
2: Yeah, go, Pat.
1: Yeah, I have no concern about him, obviously. I, he has fantastic stuff. Uh, he's underpriced because of a lack of track record, which is stupid because he's been a good reliever for – he's been one of the best relievers in baseball for two years now, and he's being underpriced because of a bad team. It, it does not matter. Hand is similar to Iglesias. He's going to be able to throw a couple of outings that are going to get multiple innings. That's going to keep his innings total high. He, contrary to Iglesias, he has the job security because of his contract. They just signed him to an extension in the offseason, four years. Uh, he's locked in. He's also got the better home park than Iglesias. And it's not particularly close between Iglesias. Iglesias is home park, which is great American and Petco. Um, he also has a better track record in terms of generating Ks than Iglesias. And is very easily my number six overall starting uh, starting pitcher, a uh, relief pitcher. So that tells you how much I think he is underrated here. I buy him all day at this price. If I can get him anywhere near this price, I am thrilled. And the team
0: is better.
2: <laughs> oh, yo, Eric Hosmer is going to be Wait. Eric Hosmer is going to help Brad hand, down, bro. Slow down.
0: Not only is Eric Hosmer,
2: <laughs> but Jose Perella.
1: Okay. Hunter Redford. Who's going to be the yo, short side of a yo. platoon. I, I love everyone on the Padre. <laughs> I it's know like you do. It. You know, the only person you don't like is the guy that Joe and I both like, which is Frankie Cordero. Not <laughs> <laughs> uh, on my fridge. But listen, bottom line is this. I completely agree with
0: everything. Uh, Pat has said, and although this kind of came out of nowhere, Brad Hand it kind of didn't. If you look at the stats and compare them to 2016, the K rates are identical. Uh The walk rate got better, yeah, but even if it went up to like three again, it's still a really good season. I have him projected for 30 saves and the K rate maintains, the walk rate maintains. He's going to be awesome. I love Brad Hand.
2: All right. I'm sorry, Padres fans, because last year, Nick was all over the Braves. They stunk. The year before that he was all over the Marlins S- What's the Marlins? What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, when they had D Gordon Never. Yes, never.
1: Anyway, but like 3 years ago Nick was all over the Brewers and now they're really
2: good. So <laughs> no, I <laughs> You guys I was, are like
1: 3 years out.
2: <laughs> we we are team Brad Hand for sure.
1: Okay, all right, let's move to Alex Kolme. 131.3, ah. 13th overall reliever. As a potential trade target, does Kalame's lack of strikeout upside have you skipping him?
0: Absolutely not. Uh, I think the K upside. Well, the, I think the Ks in general are going to be around like eight seven five this year. The seven eight three is extremely low for this guy. Can we all agree on that?
1: No. No. I do not agree. His track record has been the outlier. Looks like two thousand and sixteen.
2: Yes. Interesting. Like I agree
1: with Pat, and I'm finding reasons to avoid him.
0: Well, tell us why.
1: It's less about the it's it's less about it's less about the trading, and it's more about the complete collapse of that strikeout rate. Um, You know, went from 11.28 in in 2016 down to 7.83, and as I mentioned, that's more in line with his career numbers. I mean, if you look at this guy's track record, I don't know that he had a double-digit K per nine season. Um, you know, with a significant innings load at any in any prior season um, other than 2016. Now, part of that time is starting, so that could be part of it, certainly. But, uh, you know, when a guy surges like that and then drops back down to where he's been every other year in his career, that's the concern. So, I mean, not only does he have the K issues. But then you also factor in the the fact that he could get traded to a role where he's not going to be closing. Um, You know, I I just I look at him and I say he's got the risks that Iglesias has, but he's not he's not going to get the extra innings, and he doesn't have the strikeout rate track record that Iglesias has. So I'd rather have Iglesias.
0: Well, look, last year he made some obvious changes to the pitch mix. He threw the cutter a lot more than the fastball, where it was vice versa in, in years past. So he still is kind of new in this position as a closer, so he could be could make an adjustment this year going into the year. But, I mean, there's no denying that the stuff is good. I mean, the cutter is really nice. Uh, last year, the swinging strike rate went down a lot compared to 2016. That could just be because he was throwing the pitch more. Pitchers, batters are seeing it more, but I really like Kame. I like the command. I like the stuff. I think that, like I said, I think the K rate bounces back, not all the way up to 11, but somewhere around eight and a half. And he'll be just fine. And if he stays put, he's going to, he, how many saves did he get last year? I think of 41, 40, 47. I mean, I don't, uh, we can, he's that not going to,
1: that's a lot. I don't think, yeah. I don't think he's even going to come close. Yeah, to that, they're but, not, they're not as good this year.
0: They're not as good, but even if you get like, 35. He had 37 in 2016. So even if he gets to, let's call it in between. Yeah,
1: let's say he gets to 35 saves and his ERA comes down 0. 0.5 and the Ks go up well, Oh wait, 10. I think 35 saves is
0: perfectly <laughs> well, he had, I yeah, think so 20,
1: too. Yeah, just He had that. 47
0: last year and 37 <laughs> the year before, so let's just call it 43 if we, I mean, that's,
1: that's a good number. Yeah, but I don't think there's any way that he's on this team come trade deadline.
2: Yeah, I don't think he'll I don't think he'll get to the a, anywhere around there because of the fact that he's going to get traded. Um I, I'm not really that concerned about the the strikeout. So I mean they're low, sure, but I, I kind of agree with Nick, right? I think the cutter is good. Um and it's his most whiff generating pitch. So I mean, dude, you can do it with a cutter. Relievers, the two best relievers, Mariano and Jansen, did it with a cutter or doing it with a cutter. So, um I'm not as concerned as Pat, but I'm not as in as you, Nick. I'm somewhere in between you guys.
1: All right, so you guys have him. Where do you have him among relievers?
2: I have him 16th. I have him 13th,
0: right where, where he is.
1: I've got him 16th as well, Joe.
2: Hmm. Um,
1: and And I can tell you right now that... Uh, great fantasy baseball invitational uh, draft that I'm in right now. Column a lasted a long time, like way longer than the 13th reliever off the board.
2: Even longer than like 16th. Yes. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I'll try and I'll try and figure out the number while uh, while you guys are talking on this next guy.
2: Speaking of um, what group, what group are you in, so people? Oh, know. League Seven.
1: League Seven. I'm in there with uh, Mike Podhorzer. Um, I think Jake Seeley is in the league, Tim McLeod, several others. Cool. Um, so yeah, check it out. Follow along. I like my team. Uh, 14th, Sean Doolittle, 136.1. While Doolittle pitches, when Doolittle pitches, there are a few better closers in the game, but with only 104 innings over the past three years, are you okay with him at 14th?
0: Hey, but wasn't Doolittle a loogie or a
1: Logan, whatever the hell you call them? No, because he could get righties out.
0: Oh, yeah, but anyway.
1: When a lefty is only a loogie if he can only get out. <laughs> but they, isn't that how he used to be used? Like before he was ever <laughs> no. a Logan. He, always, <laughs> Logan. he could always get righties out, so no. Listen. Anyway. anyway.
2: Uh, uh, oh Like I I very vividly remember all of us discussing Doolittle a number of years ago and saying how how great he was because he was so cheap. Now we're talking about him at 16 or 14, and he's got all the same issues that he had. He's got a a terrible track record of being injured. Um, Sure, he put it together last year, but the injury history is so so large for between 15 and 16 that I'm totally scared away at 14.
0: I'm kind of not.
2: I'm
1: willing to take the shot on him. Yeah, Uh, me too. I mean, the production is really strong. He's produced back-to-back years with 10-plus K per nine and a sub-two walks per nine. Um, And, I mean, the production aside, he also boasts a very affordable and productive handcuff in Ryan Madsen. Uh, You know, if you've got the bench space in deeper formats, it's very easy to get Ryan Madsen with your last pick. And you know, just have him help you out in ratios, and then you've got your insurance. It's not like you know where you're drafting Chapman and you you can't possibly handcuff him with David Robertson and Tommy Canley and Dylan Batanzas and all those other guys. This is a reliever that's got a pretty affordable handcuff. Um, and then your injury risk is basically nil because you've got the Washington saves um, pretty much nailed up.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely with the Doolittle pick. Uh, Pat was on Doolittle a very long time ago. I will give you that. Uh, but we both were. I was on I was on board with it as well. The guy has just phenomenal command. He's got good K stuff. If he stays healthy, he's going to be the bomb. He's basically like the rich hill of relievers, and I'm willing to take the risk because he's on such a good team.
1: Okay, let's move to Orotus Vizcaino, 161.4. With improvements across the board, Vizcaino has best season yet. Do you believe?
0: Oh, oh, I believe. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Vizcaino. I've talked about him off air many times, and Pat, I think we got into an argument the other day because you were hating on Vizcaino, and I don't and I don't take that kind. Uh, I don't take kindly to that. Uh, I'm a big fan. He's got great strikeout stuff. I think he's a guy who could get to 12 plus K per nine. He's got really good command. He's been extremely consistent, uh, and now he's finally got his opportunity, and I think it's his for the taking. Last year, uh, it was supposed to be, and he got bounced by loser ass Jim Johnson. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, this year it's all his, and I think it's—I think he's going to keep it. He's going to run away with it. I think the Braves are going to be a good team. Uh, I think they're going to compete, and this guy is going to get a lot of saves.
2: Yeah, so he's his his walk rate fell back to normal right in 2016 it was all the way up to six walks per nine which is uh terrible. High. yeah terrible right so last year it was 3.3 i agree with you nick i think he's got a little bit of k upside um his swinging strike rates are all in the uh all in the the mid-teens 14.7 13.8 and he's improved it year over year right so i think he's got some strikeout upside uh, so, some concerns is I, I don't know if the Braves are going to be as good as you think they are. The pitching staff still terrible. Um, yeah. And uh, his ERA estimators are only so-so, right? 3.72 fit last year, um, 3.56 Sierra, right? So they're, uh, the estimators think that there's some regression coming. And there's also AJ Minter breathing down his neck. Um, so – I mean, I like him. He's okay. He's alright at 15. Um, and I like him more than Doolittle, but I wouldn't be like ec- ecstatic to own Vizcaino. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I think he's a quality reliever. He's got swing and miss stuff, but he's also a guy that can lose strike zone at times. Um, and as Joe mentioned, I'm, I'm concerned about AJ Minter. It isn't so much that I don't like Vizcaino, Nick. It's just when you have a reliever behind you that's got a 15-plus K per nine and didn't really walk anybody and was fantastic, um, it, it's kind of difficult to trust Vizcaino. You um, know, he's got control issues and he's got a profile that went the wrong way in terms of batted balls. The ground ball percentage fell 15 percent, uh, and you know those obviously went towards flies in a bad power park for pitchers, that's a little concerning to me. Okay, let's move to Hector Neris, 165 ADP. While Neris does have his ups and downs, his role as closer um, is secure heading into the season. Um, He managed to stay the course last year after some bumps and ended up with 26 saves. Do you think he's properly valued?
0: Yeah, so I was a huge Neris fan last year, pre draft. I think you, you were. Yeah, you probably remember that Pat. Um yep. I went into the year saying that this guy will get the closer job. And I had some naysayers out there. Oh, but this, that, and the other thing. He got the job, he ran away with it, like I said. And this year
1: he hey. hasn't What? Lost it at one point, too. Yeah, but I mean, listen. You can't just, say he ran away with it. Well, he also, he he also it. wasn't
2: the best reliever in his bullpen. He definitely no, ran he away. wasn't.
1: The best reliever yeah. was the guy I said it would be, Pat Nishek.
2: Yeah. All right, he's so, back.
0: That's fine. Nishek could come, come back throwing his 70 mile per hour fastballs.
1: Oh, it's um, so nasty. <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, so with Naris, yeah, he did have his ups and downs, but in the second half, he really shined. Um, 2.48 ERA, 44 strikeouts, 14 walks. The ratios were good. There's no denying this stuff. He's got really, really nasty breaking stuff and has a nice fastball. I really like Naris a lot. Um, And the Phillies, like we talk, spoke about probably a thousand times, I think have an extremely underrated offense and a pretty decent pitching staff. So I think he's going to really see a lot of opportunities this year. Uh, I'm all over him. I have him ranked higher than a lot of the guys we just spoke about. He is, I think, the best. Va- is going to be the best value uh, of the relief pitching uh, pool this year.
1: Nick thinks that all the bad teams are good. <laughs> not oh, no, the Phillies are not bad. Come on. <laughs>
0: so, so you so love wait. the
1: Braves and the Phillies oh and God. the Padres? Wait, 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 wait. But do you not like the Phillies this year? I like their offense. I yeah. Don't know about their
2: pitching staff at all. And there's this team called the Nationals. So what?
0: So what? They're still the best team in the division by far. That's fine. I'm not saying that they're gonna like win the World Series. I'm just saying that they're gonna, dude. The offense is good, and the 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 starters, it was, you know. I mean, you have they have Nola. Nola's pretty good.
2: <laughs> 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 so wait, the... wait, wait I don't go You, you that know, that. you mentioned that he's got a good fastball, and I actually disagree with that. I don't think his fastball is particularly good. It's actually a splitter. The only problem is that his ground ball percentage isn't really that good for a guy that throws a splitter and a good one at that with that said right we mentioned Nishek before um and i think the phillies see him as their high high leverage dominant setup type guy sort of like an andrew miller clearly he's not as good as andrew miller but like that so i think Nierus's leash is pretty big um i'm i'm okay with the pick i i don't know if he's got projectable upside like you think he does, Nick, but I'm cool with the pick, and I think he's relatively safe.
1: Yeah, I think Neris is correctly valued. Neris is similar to Vizcaino in his inconsistencies. He probably has a little more swing and miss upside. Um, But, and Neris doesn't have that dominant reliever lurking behind him. I mean, I know I said I like Pat Nishak, but I like I mean, that he's dog. not AJ Minter. Yeah, I, like I can't do dog. anything about that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that uh, dog is a I wish I could... Yeah. I that wish dog could a, a lot of right same opportunities. Snow, but, yeah, he's a big Hector Neris fan. <laughs> nice. Alright, so let's let's move to Jerry's Familia. 172.9. Does his shoulder surgery and the Mets' unwillingness to fully commit to him have you worried at all?
0: Well, you're a Met fan. I'll let you take this first.
1: There are mixed reports regarding Familia. Uh, pitching coach Dave Island sort of walked back those early reports and indicated that Familia would be the guy at the end. I think Familia will be used mostly in the ninth, but might get called on early in certain situations. To me, if Familia gets through spring training intact and the velocity is good, I'm in. I actually like him a bit better than Neris and Vizcaino.
2: Yeah, so you have to figure some of his woes last year were due to the blood clot in his shoulder. Um, with with phenomenal ground ball rates and a strong enough slider to generate his fair share of whiffs, um, he's he's not going to be elite in strikeouts, but he could climb back into the twos in ERAs. He's got he's got the the stuff that you like to see. Um, with Familia's injury history being a bit more brief than Doolittle's, um, I don't think it's as alarming. Um, He definitely doesn't have the upside that Duglittle has. And despite Familia's reputation in New York, uh, the New Yorkers hate him. um, I think there's a good buying opportunity here. Yeah, but I I don't know. The the
0: injury, it wasn't a shoulder strain. It was a blood clot. So isn't that like a lot less worrisome than like a strain or, you know, anything like pitching related?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm not really that worried. Yeah, me neither. And I think I think the price is really good. He's got he's got right, he's got a lot of ground balls and he's got good enough strikeout stuff. The combination is exactly what you want.
1: Yeah. I'm with it. All right, let's move it to Greg Holland, one seventy seven uh, ADP. Without a job, does Holland have the skills to be able to sneak and steal a roll? Can you justify the price?
0: How does he not have a job? How? How sway? How? How? Uh, so yeah, I'm a, bi- I'm a you big. You can say fan. that about a
1: lot of guys.
0: Yeah, you can. Um, I'm. I'm a fan of Holland's, but no, I don't think. I really don't think you can justify the price because, especially when you look at the next guy, like Archie Bradley, who I just absolutely love. Like I have him way in front of Holland. Um, we're gonna get to some other guys as well that I have in front of Holland, but. Yeah, uh, you just don't know if he's going to be the closer. Like, where uh, I'm out. I'm out. I got him way down my list.
2: Yeah, his stuff isn't dominant enough to warrant picking him here without yeah. the closer role, without a closer role.
1: Uh, Holland definitely has skills. I mean, as I pointed out, he was fantastic in Colorado last year um, up until August he lost it for a few weeks and in a place like Colorado that can really hurt you. And it made his season line look much worse than what he really provided owners, especially in like a head to head format where, you know, the two weeks were rough, but you know, other than that, he was fantastic for the entire year. Um, There are still landing spots for him. Uh, St. Louis is looking like a shaky bullpen uh, the Angels could certainly um, put him at the top of that um, bullpen totem pole. Um, and there's been some rumors that they would be interested at the right price. Uh, I, as far as, you know, the cost, I, I, I do think it is a bit much because there is always the risk that he does not um, end up with a actual closer role. Um, and the opportunities for such are available, but not uh, you know, readily available. It's not like half the league is looking for a closer right now. And it seems as though the league is not interested in paying um, the outstanding free agents anywhere near what they believe that they're worth. So it's it's a very, very tough situation. Um, I wouldn't take him this high. I would push him down to right around 25 uh, among the relievers. Do you guys agree with that number? Yep.
2: Uh, he's even further for me. Yeah, but, he's, for, he's a little further for me. Um, let me ask you both something. If he did have, let's say he was in a neutral ballpark and he did have a, a closer job, uh, is eighteen the right spot? Uh, he,
0: n- uh, no, I still have Archie Bradley higher, and I still have a couple other people higher. Mm, I
1: would probably have him a spot or two higher. If you put him on the Angels, I. would I'd probably have him oh. right around fifteen. Yeah, that would be a that would be huge.
2: Yeah, I have him. I'd probably put him right around nineteen with a job, so close to where he's going now. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so I would be the high man in that hypothetical situation.
2: All right, so nineteenth,
1: Archie Bradley, one seventy seven point six. After struggling with walks as a starter, he reigned them in as a reliever. There is a former closer in Brad Boxberger. Um, in the Diamondbacks' pen, and they signed uh, Hiranu from Japan. Um, they could potentially vulture saves if Bradley struggles. Do you like the price, or would you rather wait and grab Boxberger or Hiranu?
0: Nah, I love the price. Anyone who's watched this guy in spring training could just see a future stud in the making. Uh, first of all, he was awesome last year. He just didn't get the opportunities, but he's going to have the job to start this year. Um, We saw major velocity gains from 93 miles per hour to 96 on his four-seamer. So In spring training, I told you guys the other day, he was hitting 100 miles per hour on the gun. You're talking about a 7-mile-per-hour increase on the fastball. That is bananas. Like I don't think I ever remember anyone within two years jumping that much in velocity. So I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's on the juice or what, but he, he looks amazing, and I'm a big, big believer in this stuff. I like him as a closer coming up if he could find the control, but he just didn't didn't pan out. I love him as a reliever. I think he's going to pan out to be one of the best relievers in baseball. I have him crazy high on my list. The humidor, the humidor, the humidor. Um, yeah, Archie Bradley, buy-in. I'm not worried about Brad Boxberger because he's just going to get hurt.
2: Yeah, yeah. Box, Boxberger's got his fair share of injury history. Um, I think Boxberger's still a pretty good reliever, though. He is. Uh, but with that said, I, I tend to agree with you, Nick, that um, Bradley showed flashed really, really good stuff last year. And if he really is hitting 100 on the gun, I mean, that's even more impressive. Um, I think he's he's got better stuff than Boxberger right now. So I'd imagine that he, he'll stick around in the closer role. Um, yeah, so so I, I'm okay with the pick here.
1: I don't mind taking the chance on Bradley because even if he doesn't close, um, he's going to post great ratios and he'll have those extra innings that'll help those ratios matter. Um, I actually think the Diamondbacks are going to go with either Boxberger or Hirano out of the gate given Bradley's success last year in that role, um, and also in an effort to keep Bradley cheap because come arbitration time, the saves matter, um, and they tend to get expensive. So I wouldn't be shocked if Boxberger or Haranian gets this job out of spring training. And I believe Boxberger has had the cleanest spring. So far, so he might be a, a big-time value as a potential closer in Arizona.
2: Yeah, and again, Boxberger is still when he pit, when he's pitching, he's still a good reliever. So, yeah, that's something to keep an eye out. He can provide some pretty sneaky value.
1: Yeah, and I think Boxberger is like a one-year rental. So, I mean, you know, it's not like they're gonna have to pay him for whatever saves he accumulates this year as opposed to Bradley, who, when he goes to arbitration, would become very expensive with the saves. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to think about it that way. Um, All right, Mark Melanson, 20th relief pitcher, 184.6. Forearm surgery finished Melanson's season last year. He only faced live hitting for the first time on February 28th. Um, Does the surgery worry you at all, or does the barren San Francisco bullpen mean Melanson? will have a giant leash.
0: Well, I, I, first of all, I disagree that it's barren. I mean, you do have Hunter Strickland, who hasn't been what we thought he would be, but he definitely has the stuff. To Hunter put it Strickland together. is
1: who we think he is. E-
2: yeah, he's,
1: he's just got kind of overrated, to be honest.
2: Well, I, I, he's I, had so many opportunities to take yeah. the closer role, yeah. and they've just... They're so reluctant to give it to him. So yeah, well,
1: that and he's not—he's not as good as people make him out to be. I mean, he's a good reliever, but he's not like the second coming.
2: Well, didn't they dabble with him too in the role for like literally like four days? Any, I was and gonna say just, like three minutes, and he, <laughs> and he and he blew it. So. Yeah, I think Melanson's like the only one. I mean, after after the two of them, there's like no one else.
1: Well, I don't know. Wait, you're Listen. not a believer in Sam Dyson? Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> the vacuum. <laughs> no, what about Mr. Tony
0: Watson? <laughs> no, but... Listen, I am a fan of Hunter Strickland's. Uh, I still am. He had an off season where he worked with apparently worked with John Smoltz often, and he imper- apparently it did wonders for him. We'll see as the as the uh, as the season progresses, but he has looked good so far in in spring training. With Melanson, yeah, he lacks the K upside, but the ratios are so damn pretty, and this team is going to compete. the The lineup is
2: pretty damn nice, and the freaking rotation of Oh, my God. Of- yes. I don't think the, the lineup's as good as everyone else does, but I, I don't think it's
1: one of the best, but I, I you gotta it's, love it's McCutcheon. considerably better than what it's, it's improved.
2: That's yeah, that's definitely sure.
1: And, yeah, and, and 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 considerably improved. Yeah. Like they have real major league hitters.
2: That's yeah.
1: true. I mean listen,
0: I like Longo for the bounce back, but whatever. McCutcheon Posey Longo Belt is a pretty sweet uh, Yeah, it's two, not three, bad. For it. yeah. and then, and then they and then they have good starters so they're gonna win games. Um so you know, and Melanson is only a year away from a forty-seven same season. So if he stays healthy, that could be a huge reward. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm really worried. He's thirty-two years old. He's coming off of a very big surgery. I'm I'm uh, if the price is right, I'd buy. But where he's going, eight one eighty-four. It's like the eighteenth round.
2: I'd mull it over. I think that the, 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 it's a big risk reward pick. The, the, the problem for me with Melanson is, like, I think he's properly valued, but if you take him, you don't feel good. Because you've, I, I mean, for me, it's like, if I'm taking Melanson, it's just, like, a matter of when he'll get hurt. I mean, recovering. But he hasn't
0: been injury prone. I,
2: I know, I know. And that's true. But recovering from this injury and only having face live pitching a week ago, I mean, that's tough, dude. It is tough, but he—it's—it's kind of different for relievers. It's
0: it is. Different. They they're need only,
1: a lot less time to get ready.
0: Yeah, and like you look at like even Wade Davis when he had the injury, he came back and he was, you know, he was pretty good. I, I don't know. Relievers come back better from these types of injuries than starters do, but we kind of put them in a bubble together just because they're all pitchers.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm yeah. kind of. I, I kind of like the the kind of. I kind of like the pick here. Well, yeah, right. Because if he pitches. I mean he could have like 45 saves in the bank and then you're like ha 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 you know I this is this is a joke I this is a steal even okay. if he's not providing you elite strikeout
1: but um, but I think we're I think we're burying the lead here like Joe your point is completely correct that he's got like 40 save potential and he's a pitcher that's got excellent contact management skills or has had them in the past so are we really worried at a 20th reliever price about the injury or should we just or should we just invest and hope the upside comes through and then if it doesn't you know chalk it up as a sunk cost like most of the relievers you're taking at this point anyway
2: no and that's that's what i said right that like i think he's properly valued you just like Don't really, you're not like, yes, I got Mark. See, but like,
1: I disagree with you because I am like, yes.
2: Yeah. Well, you're crazy.
1: Like
2: Joe,
0: I'm, I'm kind of getting more on board with Melanson as, as we go along with this, but I have a quick question for both of you. All right. What was approximately an approximate guess of where his ADP was before the injury year to year? He was like in the low hundreds. Am I correct or incorrect?
2: He was definitely top 10. All right. Yeah,
0: so, and, and, the top 10 and give me a percentage of where you uh see him pitching where you see him re injuring in twenty eighteen.
2: Seventy. Oh, 65.
0: Wow. oh, you're up there. Pat, where are you?
1: I would put it at about 35%. Yeah, see,
0: that's the difference. It's just the difference on how yeah. we should. I I I kind of got him at 40, and I think that's baked into the price, and that's why I'm on board with it. Well, that.
1: and I and I think that I and I think that this is another one of the guys that you have to wait to see what the radar gun tells you. Um, you know, check the reports, check to see what his velocity is, check to see if it's come back to where it was pre injury. Um, Because he's a guy that doesn't throw hard. So, I mean, he kind of walks the line um, between, you know, being very, very good or being very, very bad. There's not going to be much in between for Mark Melanson. Um, So, I mean, if if the velocity is back where it was, I'm completely on board because that means that he's not a performance risk. He's only an injury risk um if it comes out and he's throwing 86
2: oh, god yeah
1: <laughs> then it's time to you know move him to like the 200th reliever <laughs> as opposed to the 20th but uh, you know again I- i'm not afraid of investing here because he's he's been productive and my opportunity cost is much lower at this price i mean he's He's got major profit potential, and there's almost no opportunity cost at this price.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm moving him up my rankings, as we speak.
1: Good, Nick. I'm glad I was able to convince you. Andrew Miller, 21st, 186.1. Our first non-closer on the list, depending on what you think about Archie Bradley. Does Miller ha- do enough without the saves to justify the pick? Does his slowly declining K rate worry you at all?
0: Nah, it, the carry the rate does not uh, worry me at all because worry me at all because I mean the stuff is just ridiculous. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be at that 13 and a half uh, you know with an upside of 14 plus at the end of the year. Uh, I like him. I I feel like Miller is like fifty years old. I don't understand how he's only thirty two. I feel like he's been around since like the seventies. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'm on, I'm on board with the guy who doesn't get saves. I mean, you're 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 getting you're hoping for seventy innings, and is seventy in is seventy really quality innings without saves worth this pick? In my opinion, it is not.
2: Well, who, do, who did you refer to before as Rich Hill? Was that Doolittle? Yes. I mean, isn't that like sort of the same thing? No, so, Doolittle's getting the saves. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's okay.
1: Yeah, I'm okay it,
2: with it. It's definitely it's definitely
0: a team comp type of thing. Like, without a doubt. Like, could you
2: afford... Like, if, Obviously, if you had the saves, you could afford to take a guy like Miller... It, well, I think you have, if you're punting saves, you can afford to take a guy like Miller too.
1: Yeah, it's it's for the people that have the saves in-house or uh, have decided to punt um, or, or, you know, just go with a bunch of setup guys and hope they fall into saves.
0: Yeah. And what if yeah. you're in saves plus holes?
2: Oh, my oh, God. Way be, up. Way like, up. Yeah, I mean, I'll number go. two. He's number two for me. He's behind Jansen. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> where where would he go for you? I mean, saves holds.
0: Now, nah, I'd still have those top closes ahead of him, but he wouldn't be far off. He'd be around the five-ish area, top five. Yeah,
1: I'd probably put him on right around five.
0: Yeah, I'd be around five or six. But so is the, does the key rate going down, alarm any of you? Could, is it going to go down anymore, you think? I, I don't see it.
1: I'm not worried about that because, again, it's kind of like the Kimbrel thing. Um, you know, there's volatility in small samples. Um, it could very easily go back up this year. He's got good enough stuff that you could easily see it tick back up to that 13, 14 K per nine range.
2: Yeah, and he had a banged up knee last year. I mean, who knows? Yeah, so- and I and
1: I think he could rogue a few more saves. Like, I would project him for five. I only I only had two last year, um, but you know you're not buying them for the saves. You're buying them for the great innings.
2: So so yeah, who would you who would you rather have? Would you have Melanson and the potential of forty saves, or Andrew Miller and you know what you're going to get? But for me pretty it's, much no saves for me. It's Melanson.
1: Um, it's very much team construction and league format. Um, if the saves are available and I do not need them, give me Miller the saves are sca- scarce. Give me Melanson and I'll get a ratio helping reliever later.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's
1: no, there's no catch all answer to that in my opinion. Okay. 22nd, Brandon Morrow, 199.3 after moving to the bullpen Morrow turned into one of the best relievers in the game. He's got a long injury history and was worked like a dog in the playoffs, like the dog that was barking before. <laughs> is this enough of a discount for a solid reliever on a good team?
0: Boy, this could be like everything, right? Yep. Like this has all the makings of huge, giant, ridiculous profit. Profit. Yep. Um uh, the question is, can Morrow be consistent throughout the entire year and stay healthy? Listen, the Cubs are gonna be very, very, very good this year. They have one but of the who- best
1: but can we just? I'm sorry. I I I, I sorry. I, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. But this is the same thing with Melanson. Like, the price is not prohibitive. So who cares if he can stay yeah. healthy? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, it's and if the, he the does, opportunity co- the opportunity cost is low. So you you take that chance. It's baked in. It's more than baked in.
0: Yeah. And this guy plays. In Chicago, the other guy plays in San Fran. There's just so many positives, ballparks, yada yada yada. I think Morrow's leash might be a little bit shorter though, um, because uh, Pedro Strop is a guy that I always thought could be a closer. He's been in- inconsistent, but he's got the stuff. Um, they have some other guys in the pen as well, Carl, Carl Edwards Jr. But if Morrow stays healthy with the gains he's made last year, he could he could give you like 45 saves with his eyes closed, and that's going to come with really really insane ratios. He does not walk anyone. I just, this pick is friggin' money. It, it is just money. You have the, you have the Cubs closer. Even if, if Fernando Rodney was the Cubs closer going into opening day, it would be a pretty good deal.
2: Yeah. To give you a sense of how high I am on Brandon Morrow, I have him 15th. Um, I, oh, wow. I, nice. I, I, I kind of echo you, right? He's, he's pitching on it. A- Excellent team. He's shown that he's got more upside than someone like Melanson, even with this potentially ending up with the same amount of saves or close to the same amount of saves. Right? He was at ten point three K per nine. Um, he's just improved pitching out of the pen. Um, this is this is a pick, especially at this ADP. This is the pick of relievers that can really, you know, really really turn you a profit. And I mean, you're never gonna win a league off of just one relief pitcher, but if there was a pick that could do it, this would be sort of it.
0: Like, just just real quick, I'm sorry, Pat, before you go, imagine if you punted saves, and you got to round 18, and you went Melanson and Morrow, and they somehow stood healthy. And you got like, 80 you saves. You locked up 80 saves right there.
1: Yeah. Boom. Like, don't take... I, wouldn't, rec- I wouldn't recommend doing that. No. Because... I, I think it's much safer to have one of those guys than to have both of them.
2: Yeah, both of them, just
1: <laughs> But, I mean, Morrow has displayed the elite skills. Like, we know what he can do um, out of the pen. And he's playing for a great team. He's got a great defense behind him. He's got the extensive injury history. Most of those injuries occurred when he was a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's a reliever now. That's... He's going... He, He's the, the burden is much less. He's going to be throwing uh far fewer innings than he would as a starter. Um I'm willing to buy the skills, the situation, especially at this cost. Uh I, I, I just think I, I I just struggle with the idea that, you know, there's risk here. Of course there's risk here. It's pick two hundred. <laughs> like what's
0: what's what's a sexier pick, Morrow here or Melanson? Like just Morrow vacuum.
1: easily. Oh Isn't yeah, it's definitely Morrow.
0: Like this is probably the sexiest pick. Like, uh, I just love it. I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't,
1: don't sure. think anybody's getting him here though. I I think I think in two weeks when most drafts go off, Morrow is going right around fifteen where Joe has him.
2: Well, I think at- that this price
1: is baking in a lot of he may not close as opposed to he is going to close.
2: Well, after our uh, thousands and thousands of listeners listen to this podcast too, they'll definitely shoot him shoot up.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Shoot me up. Okay. <laughs> 23rd, Kelvin Herrera, 204.5. Herrera struggled last year and is closing for arguably the worst team in baseball. Do you think there's any upside?
0: So, all right. I don't, I don't hate this pick. I don't hate this pick because it's so late. And if you need saves at this point, first of all, I do not ever remember a year where the closing pool was like this. I mean, we're in around 20 and you're still getting quality guys. Uh, Yeah. Kelvin Herrera had a quote unquote bad year, but still the ratios were pretty good. Uh, The ERA was definitely inflated. I think it could have been a little bit lower, Um, but this is a guy, keep this into consideration, when he was a setup guy for Wade Davis, anytime he had the closer role in years past, he struggled with it, whether it was given to him by Wade Davis injury or whether it was because of rest for Wade Davis, whenever he was put into a closing situation prior to 2016, it was an issue. So he could just have an issue being the closer. I don't know what it is, but Herrera's got good stuff. So it's just he's kind of a hard guy to dive into cuz I don't really get. It. He's got good swing and mixed stuff. I, I like the player. Um yeah, it's a it's a bad team, but he'll get his opportunities. The rotation isn't that bad. Um they'll win some games and if he keeps the job, he could see around see, see around 30. So although I don't hate the pick, um I do think that there is uh, a lot of risk in taking her uh Herrera cuz he was just insanely up and down last
2: year. You know who? You know who might actually sneakily steal that job. This is gonna sound crazy. Willie mean, Peralta. Willie Peralta. Yes. Yeah. Right. A converted, converted starting pitcher going into the pen. He's got all the makings of yep. just exploding and stealing that job. I could not
0: agree with you more.
2: I I I feel like I sound. Crazy saying that. I mean, I I think, I think Herrera is an okay pick here, right? Because he's going to start with the job, but you know, you're right. Whenever he's, whenever he's pitched in that closer role, he struggled. Um, And he struggled last year too. So, and he might also be a trade target. Uh, They might just look to move him and dump him um, while they're dumping everyone else. So I, I kind of really like Willie Peralta. I do too. <laughs> oh, he's man. A, no. we,
1: are, we are the no. big Willie Styles Yo. podcast. He I can't twe- believe this happened. No, listen. He's a tweak away If because you know what? I that know. Slider I is know. So- getting jiggy. All right. Getting. You're on board. <laughs> I, right, I get it. I've always been the Willie guy. <laughs> listen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. All right. Listen. When it comes to Herrera, there is skills upside. So, yeah, there there is some upside here. Um, the skills took a step back last year, but if they return, he's better than that. Um, he's somewhat similar to Kalame. a situation is better. Uh, but I think Carrera has a better, more consistent skills track record as a reliever. Um, both may get traded to a situation where they are not the closer. Um, then, you know, I mean, even with the bad team argument, let's not forget that Kansas city is playing in a division with two other teams that are basically tanking. Um, So someone between the Royals, the White Sox, and the Tigers is going to win a few more games than you expect. (laughs) So I'm not as concerned about the Royals being terrible as other people might be. I'm more concerned that Herrera's got half a season's worth of saves and then is a setup guy. Um, Because he can be a ratio helper, but he's – I don't think he's elite enough skills wise to really make a difference in that role.
0: I just want to say that I ha- I was going to mention Willie Peralta's name tonight, and Joey, <laughs> when you said it, I almost <laughs> fell off my chair. With, with, I am so happy!
2: Yeah, what, one tweak. Well, it's not going to be Brendan Mauer; he stinks. No, and Peralta's slider is good and has oh always my God. been good. We're really it talking ourselves into it, it, Willy
1: it, it, Peralta.
2: No, 7.85 ERA. <laughs> yes. No. A, you heard you him to throw the anyone. Not to throw anything but the slider. Heard it here
0: first.
1: Let's go. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> can I be the Willy Peralta guy? <sighs> yes, that's you guys can life. both
1: be the Willy Peralta yeah! guy. That's fine. You guys can be the Willy Peralta <laughs> tag team. <laughs> yeah, The Willy Peralta World Order. That's Get what we're going to change the name it, of this show to. I'm with it. I'm See, like, I'm I'm so disappointed right now that I don't even <laughs> want to talk about Blake Trinan, and I love Blake Trinan.
2: Oh, I love Blake. Yeah, we I'm all. Sorry. Twenty fourth,
1: two oh six point six. Wait a second. You cannot love Blake Blake Trinan. You you hated Blake Trinan last year. No, yeah, you I
0: did, did not. Stay away, Trinan.
1: You stay no, away. No, I did not demon.
0: hate Blake Trinan. <laughs>
1: This is is such BS. Trinan got pummeled in Washington, but turned it around in Oakland, and now Nick loves him. Which Trinan do we get in 2018?
0: Listen, I never hated Blake Trinan. I don't know where you're getting that from. Oh my
1: God, this is such... BS. You hated Blake Trinan and you loved Sean Kelly. You oh, thought yes. Sean Kelly yes. was going to be the yes. greatest I closer did. that ever existed. I you, love I, you were saying that Mariano Rivera would bow at his feet.
0: I I still love Sean Kelly. I don't care what anyone says. Listen, um, there's no denying trying stuff. Uh I think that this K-rate could like absolutely skyrocket into the Apps like at the deepest parts of deep space, um, the slider is just so ridiculous. And listen, I did like Sean Kelly last year a lot. The thing that worried me about trying was the was the control and the walk rate. Um, I don't like closes, as I said a million times tonight, with like four plus base on balls per nine. But last year, suddenly he found control with a sub three uh, walks per nine. So if he maintains the gains that he made in the control department, that'd be great. If he goes back and reverts his old self, he's going to suck. Um, I, I'm a believer in this stuff. I think there are other guys going around him that I like better, but I do like Blake China. I don't love him as much as you, so go ahead.
1: Yeah,
2: Pat. You love him the, the most, so take it.
1: Okay. I think he's the Oakland version. Uh, he was really good in the second half. He kept the grounders. He added K's, and the luck evened out. Um, he had a double-digit strike rate. Uh, Swing strike rate, excuse me. Uh, The Ks at that level could approach 9.5 to 10 per 9 combined with the 60% ground ball rate. That's really what you want to see. Yeah, He does lose it sometimes and can give up some hits like any ground baller and is prone to the home run, but that's all baked into what he did in the second half because those things remain consistent. Um, I like him a lot. I took him in the great fantasy baseball invitational. I will own shares everywhere because I think that he's got um, top 10 closer upside.
2: Uh, I'm close, right? I don't know if he's got top 10. Cause I don't know if the strikeouts will be there. I think like he's probably at 10 K per nine at most with that said, I'm totally on board, right? The mixture of ground balls, um, even with some of the control issues, um, he's like he's like Familia light, and if he does increase that K rate, which I think he can, like you mentioned, the swing strike rate was like thirteen percent last year. Um, I think behind Mauro, this is the this is the the next guy that I would target that is going real late. Like the two of them, you can have a really good combo on the cheap. Don't you think the K upside is like around like. 10? Yeah,
1: no. so oh my- yeah okay. I said nine and a half, ten. 10 okay. Yeah, and then he's familiar. And then you have a 60% ground ball rate with that. That is nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah I and, love trying it. And he's also got some of the best pitcher gifs around. Like, do you want to see some nasty stuff? This guy has
2: it. Well, and he's also pitching in a huge ballpark, too, which is nice. Yeah, which
1: is nice. Okay, uh, 25th, Brad Brock, 219.7 ADP. He wasn't quite as good as he was in 16, but still handled the closer's role as Britain's replacement. With Britain sideline for a significant portion of this year, he's on the 60-day DL. Do you think Brock will fight off Givens and O'Day to claim the closer role?
0: No uh once givens is given this role you <laughs> see what i did there um, uh
1: it's, oh it's
0: it's over say goodbye I, I, Nick, you're
1: having like a really bad like 10 minutes <laughs> you're you're on willie peralta you couldn't admit that you didn't like blake Trinan, then you admitted that you like sean kelly and then and then and now you just made that joke
0: and then I copy and pasted the lyrics to get in jiggy with it in our little chat column on the right during the podcast. Oh
1: no! Um, listen, this is what happens, people, when you make us talk about relievers.
0: Uh, listen, but like I was saying, uh, once Givens is given this role, it's over. You're looking at like one of the best closures in baseball going forward. Um, so yeah, I'm staying away from Brock. Uh, Givens is the guy you want to own this year. He's going to take the job, run away with it, call your mom, and just. Destroy everyone. He's the best.
1: He's gonna call your mom. No, I don't. I don't even know what that was.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> was were you really... trying to? you trying to pull an Antoine
2: Dodson and just yeah. kind of gave up halfway through? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I was gonna go. Wow. This is, oh this
2: my this god. A disaster. Nick. We, still, we still have like five guys left. Come yeah. No. Like, hey, hey, be terrible.
1: Nick. Listen. Come on. Bob, boom, listen, boom, when uh, it comes boom. to Givens getting the job, like, here's here's the issue. It, it's what I talked about with Bradley. Saves make guys expensive. So Givens is the best reliever in the pen. He's better. I think he's better than Britain at this point. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, the talent is certainly there, but the problem is he's the guy that's cheap. Uh, Brock, I think is on the last year of his deal. I think Britain is on the last year of his deal. Um, And O'Day is signed for another two years at a fixed number. So, why would they be motivated to give Givens the saves when they're not very good and good. he's the guy that they want to keep cheap? They're good. How are they they're not good? good. Okay, they're, they're good. they're good. Like- Can you name a starting pitcher on their team other than Dylan Bundy or Kevin Gossman? The Cashman. God.
2: <laughs> so So, look. They'd for- be better off with Brian Cashman than Cashman. <laughs> so so the, the other thing too right and I you know we all like Givens a lot right talent wise and we all agree that Givens is the best reliever the thing is is that Brock wasn't bad last year and he wasn't bad the year before and he wasn't bad the year before that yeah
1: Brock is good
2: yeah like, certainly he's so, a like,
1: very capable reliever
2: yeah so I I kind of agree with Pat I want Givens to close but I just I'm not sure that he's going to um and I think Brock can really do well enough to, to hold down the job. And, yeah, and,
1: and I think that you need to be careful too because there's a possibility that Brock takes the job and then Britain comes back and doesn't retake the job.
2: I don't think Britain will retake the job.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree with you.
2: I don't think actually there's any way that Britain... But I think they're both them. traded anyway. So, I mean, it might not matter. We might be splitting hairs at that point. I, I mean, Britain Britain was almost uh, cut. There was like discussion about them just flat out cutting him, not the him.
1: Yeah, there was. Um, okay, so let's move it to the 26th overall relief pitcher, Blake Parker, 224.2. Parker improved across... Uh, the board last year and finished with the angels closer role with the angels looking to compete this year. And with cam Bedrosian healthy and Jim Johnson lurking, (laughs) the leash might be fairly short for Parker. Are you buying?
0: The leash is definitely short, but isn't this worth it? I mean, it's the the angels. Uh, This team is very, very good. Uh, Like Pat said, they're going to compete. um, and if this, if, if any closer on this team is given an entire uh, year with the opportunity to get saves, they're going to get 40 saves or come very, very, very close to it. Uh, you pair that with his K rate. You pair that with his walk rate. And this could be a, an elite breakout. So this is definitely, definitely a better pick, in my opinion, than Brock, than Herrera. Uh, it's right up there with Morrow. I think the two are actually very similar. So, I'm all about the Blake Parker pick. It's not even, it, I, I, I love this.
2: Love yeah. So, so with Parker, right, it all came down to uh, pitch usage, right? Uh, his curveball is not a very good pitch, and he dropped its usage and he increased his splitter usage and subsequently the splitter whiffs, which really is an excellent pitch. Um, So, so he, he took the job and once he took it with that pitch mix, he had great success. Um, it's, it's hard not to agree with Nick. Um, also the fact that Petrosian, while, you know, we've, I feel like for the past two years, we've been talking about him closing and all he's done is just got hurt and, and he's never really taken that, taken that job and ran with it. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Nick. I think Parker's a really good pick here, um, and I think there's a lot of value in a lot of these guys. I mean, even though you'd rather have Parker over Brock, I mean, I think Brock's a perfectly capable closer. Trinan's a pay- perfectly capable closer. I mean, a lot of these guys on the cheap are really good. And I think that's why the three of us don't mind waiting. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. No, 100%. And But the only, the only
0: negative I would say about Parker... Um, obviously the leash leash is short, but right now the leash seems like it might be shorter than ever heading into the season because he's been really bad actually in spring training. I don't know if you guys saw it, but right now he's had a 13.50 ERA. Yeah.
1: He had a blow up the other day.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, he hasn't looked good. And if, if Jim Johnson, who has a ton of experience, just sending my guys to the back of the bullpen, uh, it turns in a couple of good games, he could definitely be called a starter. Uh, as when, when the season starts, yep, so it's crazy. Mike
1: Sosha, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that too.
2: Yeah, Sosha's not afraid to do closer by committee at all.
1: Well, and Mike Sosha's not scared to put the absolute wrong guy back there either. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and keep him back there. He's he is the Fernando Rodney manager <laughs> without Fernando yeah. Rodney. Um, I, I do like Parker. I do like the skills. I, I, I think he is a very, very good and capable reliever. Um, but I think I'd rather take Bedrosian five rounds later. Um just because I don't have a firm grasp on who the closer is here. And as Nick said, Parker had a has has had a blow up in spring, Bedrosian has not. Um, and I believe Jim Johnson is kind of in between the two. Um, he's been okay. Um, and again, we're talking about like two or three inning samples. So, you know, it, we need to slow our roll in terms of the analysis. But, um, Bedrosian in terms of performance, has been the best at this point. Um, there's also Greg Holland working out there. Um, so there's a lot of, um, dust that still needs to settle regarding this closer situation. So I don't know that I want to pay up for the top guy. um, When I think that on a skills level, Bedrosian and Parker are roughly similar. Would you guys agree with that? Uh, I like Bedrosian actually. I
2: actually like Bedrosian better. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his, but um, it's it's kind of the injuries and like not really holding onto the job, but okay. So wait, Pat, sorry, sorry, Nick, but Pat, I have a question for you, right? You don't want to sure. pay up for Parker, but would you consider I mean the price is pretty cheap even at two twenty-four. Would you consider pairing the two together?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You would waste two roster spots. Yeah, because they're both huh? highly skilled relievers that can yeah, but, help me in ratios.
2: But then there's also Jim Johnson. Yeah, but they're yeah. not they're not zeros, right? Even if they're oh, not that's okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah Jim, is zero if he's not yeah, Jim Johnson is a zero if he's not closing. Jim Johnson is a zero if he's closing. Yeah, Jim Johnson is a
2: zero if he's closing. Okay.
1: All right, Zach Britton, 27 to 25.4 ADP. Is there any reason to draft Britton at this point with his return from Achilles surgery looking like July?
0: No, no. I- I'm staying away from Britton. Yeah,
1: I'm out too. Um, He's... On the 60 day DL. So, I mean, your best case is June-ish. Um, it's not the worst choice in the world as last pick DL stash, provided you have the slots to spare. But to me, this price is not last pick. Uh, your, your last pick is usually going to be a um, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but right around 300. So this is a few rounds too high. Um, He wasn't very good last year uh, after getting hurt. He's hurt again. If he gets healthy, as we pointed out with Brock, he might be outside the closer role anyway. Um, So I don't know what you're really investing in here other than a potential closer who – Will probably get traded. Um, so I mean, I don't hate it as a DL stash, just because you know uh. you might be able to you might be able to trade him.
0: It's kind of ugh. Like, no. yeah,
2: yeah, like having DL set reliever DL stashes. Yeah, and, and there are
0: so there are so many. There are like twenty question marks around this. Not even put the injury aside. There's still a ton of question marks. It's just.
2: He should not be drafted in any way. Yeah, there's just not a world that Michael Givens should be going behind Britain. Like you said, that, Like there's just – it just should not be happening.
1: Okay. All right. Well, fair. Uh, Brad Peacock, 28th, 232. <clears throat> we talked about Peacock last week during the SP preview. So like Melanson and Miller, would you rather have the elite ratio reliever in Peacock or the average to below average pitcher would save opportunities, Shane Green or Fernando Rodney? Uh,
0: so, yeah, it's the Peacock. Uh, because I th- I think I think we all agree that he is going to be in that rotation at some point this season. There's no way McCullough stays healthy all year. Um, and you've got guys already injured like Keichel. So, yeah, you, you grab him. And he's going to be productive in the reliever role. He'll be fine. He'll get you the key rate, get you the decent ratios, all that good stuff. Worst case scenario, he what? I mean, it's not even worst case. Best case scenario, you get put into the, into the, into the rotation. You've got yourself a pretty good quality starting back end pitcher. So I like the pick here. It's got good upside.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I'd rather have in like a vacuum. I'd rather have Peacock. But if I needed this is like a roster construction, right? If I needed saves, it'd be green over Rodney.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
2: Um, right. Because like, if I needed saves, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take Peacock then.
1: I think this is where the line is, um, where the line shifts from. I definitely want the ratio guy over the closer. Um, And specifically when it comes to Rodney. I mean, his saves are not going to go up the damage. Yeah. Green is better than Rodney, as Joe said, but the Tigers are pretty bad, and he may not see many opportunities, and like other closers on bad teams, he's a very easy trade piece. So you might be giving up 100 really good innings from Peacock to get 10 to 12 saves from Green, which I don't think is worth it.
0: You see how I just completely... Decided not to talk about Fernando Rodney. We should all do that. <laughs> like enough is enough.
1: Mm, I want to talk about Fernando Rodney because I want to talk about Addison Reed. Yeah, um, but let's talk about Shane Green first. Specifically, two thirty-seven point five, over under twenty saves for Green, and does Joe Jimenez get a shot at all?
2: Um, I'm gonna put him under twenty. Uh, I think just under twenty. I think he sees like somewhere between fifteen and eighteen. And I do think him and will get a shot. Do
1: you gentlemen know if Shane Green is a free agent after the season?
0: Offhand, I'm not sure.
2: He has uh I'm pretty sure he's at league minimum right now. So no. I, I, I think, he's, think he's arbitration. Okay. Alright. So This might
1: contradict a little bit of what I just said about Green with regards to, you know, 10 to 12 saves. But I'm going to go over the 20. Um, I think Detroit's going to try and keep him as cheap. And that desire might result in them giving Green the full season and then trading him in the offseason. I'm willing to draft Green. I'm not going to own Rodney. And with that, let's move to Rodney, who's the 30th relief pitcher and the last one we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, over, under, 30 saves for Rodney. And do you think Addison Reed gets a shot?
0: Well, Addison Reed should have the friggin' job. Uh, I'm going to say under for Rodney.
2: Yeah, under for me. Despite last year, I think he's had 39 saves, which is...
1: They I held the job. Somehow, I some I, yeah. I honestly never
2: yeah,
0: would have. 39 saves th- and a 4.23 year. I Lord. know, but
2: uh, dude, if 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 I had asked you, you probably would have taken the under on 35. Of saves. course I would have. Right? Like I I def- I didn't realize he he saved that many. I'm definitely taking under 30, and I think Addison Reed will get this job eventually.
1: Yeah, under 30, and I do think Reed gets the shot before long, and I think he runs with it. Yep. I would take Reed in front of Rodney. Yep. Um, is that a podcast suite? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, great. That's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PatrickFWO. Guys, let them know where they can find
2: you on Twitter.
1: NickFWO.
2: And JoeFWO. And that wraps
1: up our positional preview. So we'll be back next week with a podcast all about Willie Peralta and how he's going to seize the day and become the most dominant reliever in baseball. You
2: You joke. And then you can
1: tune in one year from today when Nick denies (laughs) ever having liked Willie Peralta, ever.
0: Guys, see you next week.